This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. Say, 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 say. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the main event. Let's get ready to scale Agile. Come on, Dad. Let's go get him, Dad. Come on, Dad. You've been working really hard. You've been working out every day. You're so disciplined, Dad. Let's go, Dad. Go in the ring. Get him, Dad. Less is more. Less is more. Less is more. You get in there and you beat him to a pulp, Mom. Scale the good rather than the mistakes. This is the third episode uh, in this series about scaling Agile using less. Let's give Boss the floor and get to know him better. So good morning, everyone. <laughs> wow, it's so guess, early. Morning. It's, that's why it's so dark outside. <laughs> yeah, it's too early here in uh, in Paris, where we are right yes, now. Yes, uh, so I'm uh, Bas Foll, the uh, uh, accidental creator of the large-scale Scrum or less framework. Uh, and um, spending most of my time building products, writing code, uh, coaching, and doing some training every now and then. And having a lot of fun doing that and trying to figure out uh, weird organizational dynamics, uh, cool technical problems, uh, contribute to open source every now and then. And that's about it. Most of the rest of the time I'd like to spend with my family. Also today we have Tavel Panchal. Tavel Panchal, uh, based in Houston, work with organizations for their transition to Agile. Uh, prefer that they don't have a choice of how to do it, but more interested in solving real problems that they are facing. And uh, I'm also a Scrum trainer, so I do training for, for, for folks. I like motorcycles, and if I'm not paying attention in a meeting, I'm most likely dreaming about football or soccer. Well, and how do people contact you, Tavel? Twitter, at the rate Tavel Punchal. Together we chat about how to scale the good rather than the mistakes, and the situations that kind of lead us into the mistakes. Un, deux, trois, quatre. In other words, right? The taxi industry got taken over by Uber and Lyft. The media industry has been taken over by Napster and then later on by all the streaming devices. So there's no company on the planet that can not be taken over by a small group of seven, eight people who are working in a startup trying to basically take your bread and butter. The way organizations have historically solved this problem is by hiring more people, having more talent, and then compartmentalizing it. So when they look at 
how am I now going to cope with all of the threats that are coming at me, which is probably 100 startups. So you can't tell which one will take over you, but you know one of them will. So how do you compete with that? And the way people are choosing to do that is by trying to do whatever they've been doing, but only faster. So if you look at the problems that the organizations have, uh, they've tried to solve a typical competitive problem by trying to more put more people at the problem. In other words, we keep doing the stuff that we've been doing, only now do it more faster, right? In other words, don't change the underlying system at play. And that underlying system at play is very Tayloristic mindset of compartmentalizing people, compartmentalizing their function, and trying to compartmentalize even more depending on how much throughput you need. Right? And when we talk about scaling, less especially talks about descaling because it's about going back to the basics of why you have the system that you have and is there a better way of doing what you've been doing without taking on the overhead, which was the legacy of the past organizational mindset. A lot of those startups that disrupt an industry, they grow and they become the same same companies again. So right. why does that happen? They, they, they didn't get out of that mindset yet, even when they were a startup. Somewhere in the back of their head right. is still large-scale development should work that way. Luckily, we are not that way yet. But right. when they grow, they make the same mistakes, if you wish, or they follow the same assumptions. The effect of ending up with the same kind of organizations mm -hmm. uh, has more to do with the assumptions that they have about how work should work. Uh, and if lots of people have the same assumptions, then even if they think it's a bad idea, they automatically fall into the same traps over and over again. So think about a, a smaller company that gets bigger and it got to where they are doing work a certain particular way. Now, when I face a lot of threat, uh, I have the natural inclination to say, I need to try harder of what I've always been doing, mm -hmm. get better at whatever I've been doing, rather than questioning is whatever I was doing that got me here, is that the same thing that will get me from here to somewhere else? Right? And that fundamental question should challenge a lot of mindsets around what would you do if you were a startup again? As, as opposed to saying, now I have 500,000 or 500 people and I have to figure out how to best utilize 500 people. So one of the things I learned in, in, in Boss's class is about trying to solve a problem with just one team first and then using that as a model for and then figure out how to scale that across multiple teams. You're sort of saying the same thing. If we go back to our startup mentality, what is it that we did well, and then let's try to figure out how to scale that. Yeah, and often in, in like, one of the less options that I've been involved in is a large telecom system. And at some point we had uh, a, a workshop with some of the management uh, to talk about less and, and, and what they were what they were going to do. and. One of the most funniest moments was when, when there's this guy and he had been working for the company for I think 35 years and I was telling him how less worked and especially like how teams ought to work directly with 
uh, users and customers and at some point as I saw him gradually smiling more and more during the course at some point he came to me and he says you know what this course is, is a lot of fun because what you're explaining is exactly the way we used to work I've had similar experiences because something happened in I don't know somewhere in the middle because I talked to people who've been in the industry for a very long time and they describe uh, a constant interaction with the customer, directly delivering software, doing their own testing, having their own scripts. And you see the same kind of dynamic in smaller startup teams, so very young people, industry veterans, but in the middle there is something yes. happened. So I asked him, I said, well, why did you stop doing that then? Uh, and he said, well, we grew larger and we assumed we couldn't work in that way anymore. So we started working in a different way. Right. And then I asked, well, does this work better now? He says, no, it's good that we're finally going back to the original way of which the company was successful, the original way of working. Mm -hmm. So I find it fascinating that they, they end up throwing away the things that actually made it successful because they grow larger. And then again, there's all these assumptions about what can and cannot work. Uh, and instead of saying, you know, the way of working that we used to work, can we figure out how to keep that mm -hmm. when we grow larger? Uh, they often throw that away and go back to how they think larger organizations need to work. Next episode, we will continue chatting with Tavel Panchal and Basvodi about less teams and product ownership. 